Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hello, ladies, and maybe a few good gents who listen to this show. I am here today with an amazing guest. I am so super excited to have her on the show, and I'm going to tell you a bit more why in a sec, but I have Amy Tan, and Amy is the founder of Amy Tangerine, a creative lifestyle company that creates online content as well as fun, tangible products like t-shirts and craft supplies. Amy wrote the book called Craft, A Life You Love, has taught workshops all over the world, makes YouTube videos, and consults with awesome brands and clients, I think even including things like Target and Disney. Amy's mission is to inspire women everywhere to feel joy and confidence by infusing creativity, fun, and intention into the everyday. And before I go on, I just want to apologize in advance. I was so excited about this episode. We recorded it couple weeks ago. And as I needed to record the intro, which I love to do for you guys in pretty real time, I realized I was going to be traveling and I had the wrong mic. So I am just showing up imperfectly to just get this content out to you because it's so good. Maybe I'll redo the intro with a better mic another time, but I'm hoping that this does the trick. So I found Amy, I actually heard her on another podcast that I love, called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Love that podcast. And she really, really inspired me in that moment because you guys know I have the flow planner. I have the flow planner. You have the flow planner. I made the flow planner for you guys, which is a 90-day planner that really helps us plan for food, lifestyle, om, or spirituality, spiritual practices, and work all on the same pages because I found that I was always either meal planning or planning my work life. And then I sort of remembered to do those self-care things like go to yoga or try to meditate, but I wasn't really putting those in my calendar. And then all the things for our life, like travel and kids stuff and after school activities and school days off, I would just hold in my head. And I realized I needed one place to put all those things. And that is how the flow planner came about. It was a tool I created really for myself. And then others started using it and asking me what I was doing. And so I created this book. You can go check it out over on the new and improved actually Plan Simple Meals website. You can get to the flow planner pretty easily. It's all over the place. Um, I think you can also go to theflowplanner.com and get to it there if you want to check it out. But this was a long way of telling you that I was so excited to finally be getting all this out on paper that what I forgot for myself is that I so appreciate making things and doodling and drawing and making things colorful. I went to art school. Like I love I've always kept a calendar. I've always made it beautiful. I used to be the one who did that in college. I would make, you know, the dorm calendar. This is something I've always done. And something was feeling off about how I was planning my days. And I heard this interview with Amy a couple months ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to learn. I need to reconnect to that. I need to learn from this girl. So I went out and I bought her book and I bought her a class she did. And I went out and I bought all sorts of stickers, including some that she designed that actually when I bought them, I didn't even know that she had designed them. And I just started flooding my flow planner with color and beauty. And it has changed so much for me. So you're going to start to see more of those pages um, in my emails and on Instagram and maybe over on Facebook. So pay attention to those. And those were all inspired by Amy. So I have so much gratitude for everything that she has created. And I'm so excited. I want to get to the interview as fast as I can, but I have three things I want to tell you why this interview is really important to be coming out today and why I'm just putting it out there, even though I'm not recording this info with of this intro with my best ever equipment. And that is that I've been talking a lot about the creation of an advent calendar. 
And if you Google advent calendars, you will see so many amazing DIY advent calendars. People have made these beautiful things, envelopes hanging from sticks, different colored envelopes hanging on a wall in the shape of a wreath or a Christmas tree. I mean, there's so many beautiful ideas for this. My focus is always on what's in those envelopes. Like what are those thoughts that your children are getting every day because in my experience either the thoughts didn't resonate with me or it was candy or it was toys and it wasn't creating the season that I wanted. So I have spoken a lot about that in the past couple of weeks. Go check out the last podcast and in there there's a whole planning sheet for it. But Amy's work is really helped me with how I created mine, what it ended up looking like, getting me back into that space where I was making. So it wasn't only about the thoughts, it was also about the making. So go back and listen to that if making an advent calendar is still on your list. Now, she also, we talk a lot in this episode about self-care. So in line with that, which is something that we talk about a lot here, I'm going to be creating an advent calendar for you. So follow us on Instagram, come find Plan Simple Meals, and if you look on a daily basis on Instagram, you will just see a number as a picture, and if you read what's under that, that is going to be like your thought for the day. That is your advent calendar. So go check that out. I'll be doing it for the month of December, and I just want to say this isn't, I know Advent is counting down till Christmas, and there's definitely lots of religious um versions of this idea. But for me, it's really about December being a time that I want to be quiet. I want to be introspective. I want to connect with my kids. Um, And this calendar has really helped me to do that. So it's more about being intentional in December, counting down to Christmas as a family, um, and a little bit less about the religious aspect of it. So if you don't celebrate Christmas, you could still do this. You could count down to the solstice. You could count down to the new year. If you're listening to this after the first and you're like, I've missed the boat, you totally haven't. Do a countdown from the 10th to the 30th. Countdown to 2019. So exciting. Just anything that makes this time more intentional, even if it's just a week. So check that out. See if it resonates with you. If it does, do your version of it, and just know that it doesn't have to be complicated. But if you're wanting to have that creativity piece, this episode might just motivate you to do that part. Okay, so advent calendar for your family, an advent calendar for you. I think those are my two announcements. The link, which will be in the show notes to get to the explanation about the advent calendar for you is at plansimplemeals.com slash advent. And the advent calendar for you is going to be on Instagram. Of course, if you get on my list, I will probably send you digest so you could do that as well. You can go sign up over on the plansimplemeals.com website. And uh, let's just head on over and talk to Amy. Hi, Amy Tangerine. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Mia. I'm really looking forward to it. All right. So tell us all a little bit about both who you mother and what you do, how you make a living. Yes. So I have a son named Jack. He's five years old. And I have had this creative company called Amy Tangerine since I was 21. So after I got out of college, I basically started working for myself and I only stopped for a short stint of about six months before relocating to Los Angeles, uh, working for somebody else. So I've navigated this path pretty much on my own, but with a lot of support, a lot of great mentors. And now it's just a creative company that does a wide variety of things. My focus is on helping women believe that they are creative and sharing this idea that you can craft a life you love by infusing creativity, fun, and intention into your everyday. Oh my God. I love it. And craft a life you love is the name of your book, correct? Yes, exactly. It's wonderful. You guys, everyone should go find it. So let's talk a little about that. Have you always been creative? Like, has that always been an outlet of joy for you? Yes, absolutely. Since I was little, I remember making things partially because I'm an only child and my parents Uh, We're always very creative and crafty. My dad's an engineer and my mom was working just at a, I don't know, like a insurance company basically, but she found and carved out time 
on weekends for projects with me all the time. And so I think that love of learning was instilled when I was really young and then trying new things and not being afraid to experiment with different mediums. And obviously I fell in love with crafting, but also just the joy of being able to sit down and work on something with your hands and create something, whether that thing was something that you used on a daily basis or just something that you enjoyed the process of making. I think I realized that early on because I wasn't so hard on myself when things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to because I would just move on to the next project. Right. Because it wasn't about the finishing. It was about the time that you did the project. Yeah. And I don't think I had quite the expectations I do now <laughs> that I set on myself, right? Yeah. So as a child, you're just enjoying the process. You are so present in the moment of making that you don't really go look too far beyond it. I mean, I, I don't know, at least for me, that's how I created. And I see that in my son too, because he's just so excited to start something. Now he does get let down though, because he has very high expectations. He's going to be like a scientist or an engineer for sure. <laughs> because He just wants something and he's so clear on how it should be. And, you know, sometimes a cardboard box cannot be this washi tape machine. And that's yes. what he wanted to invent the other day. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's such an important lesson and it keeps coming up for kids. I mean, my kids are, um, you know, my oldest is now in high school, which is actually unbelievable for me to even say out loud. But um, it's interesting how that, that comes up. It comes up over and over again. And those early creative projects are such a good lesson, like a, such a good life lesson because, you know, those disappointments happen in all aspects of our life. We actually ourselves converted our, we've never really had a dining room. We kind of made a craft room early on. So lucky. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, well, whatever. We are never in here to do what we're supposed to do in like the original setting of a house. So let's just have a craft room. And it's been super fun. Like I'm almost ready to retire it because it's in the middle of the house and it's messy, but um, it's, it's, it's really, really fun. So tell us a little bit about projects. And it's funny because I, and now I'm realizing there's two sides to this. There's sort of our role as moms, which most people listening to this podcast are moms, our role as moms to sort of foster creativity with our kids. And then I definitely want to get into the creativity that we need to seek to as moms. So let's keep going a little bit on the kid side. What, what, what strategies have you used or do you remember so fondly from your childhood about just creating that time and, and, or projects that you remember that other people could, could do as well? I just, I feel like sometimes we're born like with this desire to create and there's so many people who want to do it, but just don't know where to start. Yeah. I think the thing is just to take a first step, right? And whatever you're doing, if you're interested in it. So I think that my childhood stemmed a lot from seeing what other people were doing, my friends were doing and taking on not really trends with knowing it, but let's say friendship bracelets, for example, mm -hmm. those were really big when I was younger. And my mom helped me learn. She took me to Michael. She involved me in the entire process so that I could see that these beautiful yarns or threads that we used didn't just appear out of nowhere, that I could actually choose the colors and I could be guided by whatever I felt strongly about, you know, I mean, I was probably, I don't know, I want to say I was like eight or nine years old. I wasn't even that, mm. you know, that old to go to the store and to know, and she always involved me in the cost of things. So I couldn't mm. go crazy and buy the whole rainbow of colors. So I had to really pick and choose the colors that I really loved and wanted to use. So I remember starting off with a simple knotted friendship bracelet and there were three colors and I happened to choose the colors that were on sale because my mom, I think, steered me in that direction. <laughs> and, um, I remember not completely loving it, but I got so excited about learning. And she also pointed out that, actually, I think my dad did this a little bit more, that you can experiment on a level where it doesn't have to cost you a fortune. And in fact, it's better to do that and make your mistakes on you know, a, a dime as opposed to investing all this money. I think that's what we get 
overwhelmed with. This idea that we have to buy all these supplies, that we have to do these certain things in order, that we have to do so much that we just don't do anything at all. So instead, we went with a budget, got the threads, started making this bracelet that I thought was going to turn out one way. And it turned out that, you know, you do have to tie the knots all in the same direction. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you were, I don't know if anybody I love making those. But, I remember my yes. clipboard. Oh my God. I loved it. Yeah. So we didn't actually even use a clipboard. We used a scotch tape tape to a table. Yeah. And I remember taping it to my coffee table and it ended up, I think that the scotch tape, I left it on too long and it took off some of the finishing of the coffee table. Oh no. Um, yeah, but I didn't get in trouble. But um, so then we were experimenting with the different combinations and the different styles. And then, you know, after a while, my mom was like, well, why don't you, she said, why don't you see if your friends want some of these? And so I would just you know, make them for them and say, Hey, do you want this? And they're like, sure. And my mom, I think got people at her work to buy it. And I remember, I don't even know how much they paid for it. Probably just a couple bucks. Right. And they were just yeah. supporting her daughter making something. And all of a sudden the seed got planted in me that I could make something and people would want to buy it. Yes. And I know that's probably kind of a false thing that my mom set up, but it's kind of a lemonade stand, stand idea too, where you know, you're just supporting the neighborhood kids yes, and their idea to be entrepreneurial. Well, so, I have, to, I have to say, cause I have a very similar story. Not at eight, well, at eight, I was doing more like friendship bracelets, but when I was in eighth grade, I mean, I mean, these things were so God awful. I don't know if you ever experimented with this, but I made barrettes like, and I think that they were on watercolor paper and I painted them and then I put some sort of like shellac over it. They're like really big. <laughs> My mom okay. still has them, of course, and like these huge earrings. And I made a thousand dollars in eighth grade. What? Which is crazy. Like people were paying ten dollars for a barrette, and so I, I remember having that same thing. And like for me, my mom had to dial me back because she was like, "You also need to read and write and learn math." <laughs> but <laughs> oh but yeah, it's so empowering to know. I love the idea of making things for other people too, because I feel like that's that's kind of missing right now. Well, I think what's interesting is that I find that you can pretty much go on Etsy and see things that people create that they want to create. I think it has to start from your desire to create yeah. just for yourself. Yeah. And it's not in a selfish way, but it's more of a, the idea of making something because you yourself want to do this so badly. Something in you is just yearning to do it. And it doesn't even have to go to that extent of, okay, well, I'm going to create this and I'm going to have this huge plan and I'm going to sell them and whatever. I think that actually detracts from the enjoying the process of making. Yes. As kids, you know, they don't really have that. Although my son is really interested in all these different things. So he wanted to make this little book out of note cards. So he made this mini book. I'm a scrapbooker. So I think that he you got all the supplies. <laughs> yeah. And he saw me doing things with paper and put, putting things together. And he was introduced to a stapler and he got so excited. So I said, we can make this little book out of index cards. So we just fold index cards. I think four of them together, three or four, and then stapled the spine. And yep. he had this little mini book. Well, he wrote a book basically, I mean, I had to write it for him because he's five, but he wanted it to be called, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the title, but it's so good. The title is so good. So he told me what to write, but he illustrated it. And oh, I love it. wants to get this book published. And it's just so interesting to me because I actually self-published Craft a Life You Love first mm -hmm. in 2017, and then it got picked up by Abrams. Got it. For the release in April of 2018. And I think that he has that mindset, and I'm so glad he does, that he can do anything that he puts his mind to. And that's something that my parents definitely taught me. They immigrated from India when I, I think in 1970. So I was born in 78. So they waited until they could have this life and give me the best life possible, basically. Yeah. And I, I think that you know, they always instilled the value of 
being able to achieve your dreams, no matter how big they are. Yeah. And making such a good tool for that, like to feel like you're moving toward a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Using your hands that way. Um, well, that actually dovetails nicely because I feel like a couple times you mentioned, you know, your mom taking you to the store. Was your mom crafty? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. She sewed us matching dresses when I was younger. Yeah. She was always making something. And, and you alluded to the, oh, go ahead. Sorry, because, you know, she grew up very poor in India. Yeah. And she's the oldest of three. And I think that she was just resourceful and wanted to be able to make something out of very little. Yeah. Okay. And so, but you, so, so she, she's modeled it for you and you're modeling it for your son. And I think that that's really important. I think we, we forget that in this world of, I feel like, do you think that as many kits existed when we were little? No way. Right? No. Like when you went to get the string, it was like for real, like you had to find the store that had the string and it was like in little drawers and there was sometimes a rainbow and sometimes not. Right. Totally. Yes. And I think that the kits, I'm grateful for them because I know from a business standpoint, they, you know, companies are capitalizing on the idea that people don't have as much time now, or they think they don't have as much time. So they just run into the store and they just want to pick up a box and grab it and go and have everything included in that kit. I think that there's, I, there's good in that too. And I would rather have people pick up a kit than not do anything. Yeah. 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 Um, and I can't, so, so the point of that, I think in my head was that I wonder if we're modeling a little bit less because in those kits, we're enabling our child to start from that box. Although I have to say, I can never understand the directions of a kit, but anyway, that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) I'm like, this is really confusing. And I remember it being really easy to do. Um, But so let's talk a little bit about time and just creativity as self-care. Cause I think that's something we forget. Like I totally relate. I, I even, I even know that crafting and doing work is relaxing to me as this comes out we're coming up at a time when I always make one of the things I always do in this business is create an advent calendar um, and teach other people how to do that and just because I think it's so nice in December to really um, make your time more purposeful I guess and I just find that that calendar is a good way to do it as a family and I just feel like it can be so relaxing yet so often I hear people say like, I don't have time for that. Like, I don't have time to plan. My handwriting's awful. So can we dive into that topic a little? Because I know that you're passionate about that as well. And I'm assuming that you teach people who, for whom crafting isn't 100% natural. Yes, I am an avid planner and I have been for a very, very long time. In fact, I don't know if you remember Chandler's. Chandler's was a notebook, a planner, a paper planner uh, that came out. I don't know. It was probably a long time ago, but I used it in junior high. And so I've been planning for for most of my life, basically. And I think that, you know, because when you're in school, you have to write down your assignments and everything. But now as a mom... And just as a lover of paper and stationery, yeah, I think that paper planner has such value and you can make it what you want. So don't put this incredible pressure on yourself to, you know, do all these doodles. You have stickers. There are so many options and everybody is creative. And I think everybody, just about everybody can benefit from a paper planner. Now we use different tools because we're online and on our devices so much that there's something beautiful about having something tangible to hold. Yeah. And I don't think that you need to go crazy with the planners and having one for each, you know, one for work, one for children, one for everything. I think that you can have it all in one. So starting off simply and doing what moves you would be great. I mean, there's so many wonderful planner companies out there making these products to make your life easier. So if you don't, if you don't think you have the time, perhaps use stickers and just jot down notes. Even if your handwriting is messy, perhaps you can just write it so that other people can read it if other people need to see it. 
and organize it in a way that it makes you excited to sit down and plan. Because I think that everybody has 10 minutes in a day where they can do something creative. Yeah. And tell, will you, will you tell us a little bit why you think planning is creative? Because I think, I think a lot of people feel, don't feel that, you know, I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, planning is, um, means you're not sort of in the flow. It's funny because my planner is called the flow planner, but a lot of people feel like it takes you out of the flow. And I mean, I definitely experienced it the opposite, but I just would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. I, I think that I've come across people who feel like they're taking time away from the doing of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, why should I write it down when I know that I'm going to do it? Well, if you, you're not writing down habits, let's say, unless you want to track certain good habits that you want to infuse into your life. I think it's okay to um, realize that different people operate on different terms. So let's say I have had people in the past in my workshops not really understand the full value of, let's say, bullet journaling because it does take up so much time to set up your Mm -hmm. days, weeks, months, but then they find value in something that's already made for you, like the Happy Planner or Erin Condren or something that, you know, brings them joy because it's colorful and personalized because there's so many different designs you can choose from. So I would say experiment with it. And I think there's such value because I think it actually does increase productivity. And for me, you know, somebody who's anxious and worry and I worry too much and I'm really hard on myself. It's something that I can do to ground myself and say, take pause, be present. What's the next step? And so planning allows for that process to come into fruition for me and the best way is on paper through colorful supplies and stickers and that's how i do it but you could literally take a black pen and a plain old planner and i think that if you do it for give yourself you know a month and if you don't feel like you have a month give yourself two weeks and see how that does for you i still use google calendar i still use these other methods you know it's not just a one um, device idea for me. It's more of a lifestyle. And then I find that my life is so much brighter because I've taken the time to plan things out and to write down goals. But I'm also a box checker. So (laughs) I I had this conversation with my therapist and she's like, yeah, you like to check things off your list, don't you? And I was like, yes, I do. I find so much joy in that. So maybe, maybe the people who don't really uh, enjoy this aren't necessarily like that. I don't right. Know. That's a really good question. <laughs> although, although I do feel like the, 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 just the writing, you know, it's funny because right now, as we've been testing the flow planner, I've been working really closely with 12 women for the year. And one of the things that we're finding is that when you write stuff down and, you know, we're planning a 90 day cycles and we're thinking like a little bit in advance about some of some things in our lives. And when an emergency happens or a kid is sick or a grandparent gets ill, you know, when something happens, you have this thing, like you have this structure to come back to and not be anxious about. So it is grounding, you know, and it's not, even if you don't look at it ever again and you've just written it down. And that's what's so amazing to me because I'm the kind of person who has my planner open next to me all day and I am checking off boxes, but it's amazing to watch when people don't use it all the time. Um, but still that act of, there must be something about the writing part, like the pen to paper that just somehow connects. We need like a neurologist on the show, but like somehow connects your brain to what needs to get done and it's calming. Absolutely. I think there is power in putting pen to paper. And I think that there is also great power in vision boarding and doing all these creative things that maybe you did as a child or a teenager. I mean, I remember cutting up magazines and finding great joy from finding phrases and pictures that spoke to me. And I don't think that that should be dismissed, even if it feels a little woo-woo to people. I totally believe in that kind of stuff because I've seen it happen. I pulled out a vision board. It wasn't even a a board. It was actually done on one of those manila folders 
And I did it on the outside. And the reason I did that was because I was finding myself tearing a lot of things out of magazines, but not doing with anything with them right away. So it was a place to put those clippings inside, but on the outside, I decorated it. And I have to tell you, I think I have it on my blog actually from maybe 2011, 2010. Everything on that outside came true. And I don't know, I can't attribute it to anything other than the fact that I was very intentional about it. And I think that there's an intentionality that comes with putting pen to paper and the universe wants to help you make those things happen. Yeah. I totally agree, but I love hearing it from somebody else. (laughs) So, So let's talk a little bit just for a minute to somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to be crafty. I've always wanted to be able to like sit down and, you know, do like make stuff. What do you say to that person who's like, I always want to, but I can't because I'm not like that. Like I'm not a creative, I'm a mathematician or I'm just, I never got that gene. Well, I believe that everybody is creative. So it might be in baking, it might be in, Mm. you know, organizing, it might be in just doing uh, biking. I don't know. I think that there's creativity in everything that we do if we want to recognize it. Uh, Something I wanted to bring up earlier too is that we don't allow ourselves permission sometimes to get crafty or get creative or to allow for that flow to happen because we are so in our heads a lot of the time. So I think allowing ourselves to say, hey, I want to try this thing. Let me see how it turns out. Uh, I have a permission slip actually in my book that I want to read because I think it's so powerful. And I think that we all, no matter if you're a mom or not, we all need to recognize that we ourselves have to nourish our souls first So this is what it says. The most important part of my day is the part where I take care of myself and feed my soul. I cannot be the best partner, the best employee, the best boss, the best parent, or the best friend if I'm not at my best. Therefore, I have permission each and every day to pursue my craft in order to take loving care of myself and be my best self for the most important people in my life. And then it says sign here. I love that. Oh my gosh right? Because this is a declaration that you have to make to yourself first and then involve the people around you. You know, if your partner isn't supportive of you taking 30 minutes to do whatever you feel like doing for your self-care, then I think there's a deeper conversation that needs to be had. You know, I think that my life is so much brighter when JC has found something that he loves doing. He recently found running And he literally just decided to dive right in and he got so into it that he had only run, I think, previous to this year, 10 Ks before, and they were spread apart. You know, he wasn't consistent with them at all. And this year alone, he's already run three marathons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. We started training after we had our surprise wedding in December and it was just incredible to witness this. And so every Saturday morning, he has to take his long runs. And I am so grateful for the, you know, two hours that he's spending doing something he loves. Yeah. And finds you know passion in. So I think that if you allow yourself first to have the permission, then you can go about just trying something that you've always wanted to do. And really sit down and decide, you know, get clarity around that first. And because you might see that. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm not that interested in this, but I like this part of it instead. Scrapbooking, for example, is very daunting to people. They just feel overwhelmed with the entire process. People aren't printing out their photos anymore. But that's actually why I love it even more. Mm -hmm. Because how often are you going to sit around a computer screen to look at photos? I mean, it's nice that we have the ability to share them on social media and share them with people who we're not in, you know, the same town as. But as creative people, and we all are creative, remember, we feel the need to tell our stories. I mean, I think that everybody has a story to tell, and it's so valuable when you're doing it in a way that you're pausing when you're actually taking those memories and putting them into 
a form that you can share with others, or maybe you're just creating for yourself. I think that a journaling practice is something that people can all do. Perhaps you don't like writing though, right? There's always something else that you can do. There's so many creative things out there. I mean, I am never short of ideas that I want to make. And so I think it's weird when people say, well, I, I'm just not creative. I just don't, I couldn't do that. Well, yeah, yeah. but what could you do? Yeah. And I feel like you hit on it though at the very beginning, which is just allowing yourself the time. Cause I think that creativity isn't a head thing, right? Deciding even to become a runner isn't a head thing. I feel like all that's coming from our, our gut and our heart. Like it's not, it's not a head, a head decision. <laughs> and a lot right. of times we're in our heads and that's how we're sort of thinking through and planning our lives. And when you can let yourself do these really great acts of self-care and give yourself the time, it's always amazing to me like how the rest of time then goes, right? It's, it's just you spend two hours running or doing your craft or cooking or whatever that is that brings you joy. And then in the next two hours, you do what might have taken you eight hours on another day. It's, it's like time just moves differently when you take care of yourself in this way and give yourself the space. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Because you invest in yourself and then all of a sudden you're setting the framework and getting yourself off the, on the right foot for the rest of the day. Or let's say your time is at night, you know, after your kids go to bed and you spend it reading or drawing or just doodling throughout your day. I think it's essential that we take time it, wherever we can get it to make ourselves happy and to bring the sense of calm and peace and presence um, to the forefront. Because a lot of the planners who I know actually, it's funny because they don't work in creative fields. So mm. their planner is their creative outlet. That's yes. why they go crazy with the color and the markers and they find such joy in bringing these you know, stickers onto their pages. Yes. I love that. So true. Um, we're going to, I'm going to, everyone's going to have to go check out Amy's Instagram. Cause as you hear her talk about stickers and color and whatnot, you have to go check it out because it's beautiful and amazing. And if, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you just have to go look. <laughs> Thank you. So from your book, are, is there any like parting bit of advice that you, that you give, that you would give to knowing that you're talking to a bunch of moms? Oh, wow. So the permission slip, I think, is essential. And I think that as moms, we naturally, I don't know, it's just in us, feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I ever felt guilt before I became a mom. I really So didn't. interesting. Um, and I don't know if that's just me being <laughs> completely out of touch with things, or I just wouldn't feel guilty doing things because I was trusting that I was being intentional and had the right, I guess, um, yeah, intentions about doing whatever I was doing. So I think that I was easier on myself to let go of that guilt if I ever felt it. But I really don't think I experienced it until I became a mom because especially a working mom where early on, I really thought that I could do it all. And I thought that I could be the best mom while working because I was doing something that I loved and I am still doing something I love, but in the creative field where I knew that it was essential that I did these things and took time for myself and did my work. But, you know, something that would have normally taken me 15 minutes when I was a new mom, it took me four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't focus and yes. I was sleep deprived and there were so many other things that came into play. But also, I don't think that Jack would be as happy as he is and as connected to himself if he didn't see me thriving in the things that I love to do. Yeah. So interesting. It's funny because after every single child, when my kids were born, I actually owned a design company. And after every single child, I was like, I should just be a stay-at-home mom. You know, there, there was this time, it was probably when they were like four months old and I'd be like, I should just stay home now. And I, and I would do it for like 10 days. <laughs> and then I'd be like, what am I thinking? Like they would not get the best of me. 
Yes. And that's the thing, getting the best of you, right? Yeah. Because I was living in a world where when I was with him and he was napping or something, I was like thinking of all the things that I could be doing and getting yes. now instead of holding him. And then I, you know, when I was actually doing those things, I'd be like, oh, but I could just be holding him. <laughs> you know, how yes. long am I going to be actually holding him for in his life? During the time though, at like three months, you think it, this is taking forever. Yes. But I think looking back on it and I had so many mentors and people telling me, just enjoy it. Just enjoy where you are. Enjoy the gift of, of presence. Yes. And that to me sort of changed my outlook and my view and I think really changed my life. And there's so many little things that I've done, you know, after finally hitting my groove of being a new mom that I can honestly say to people, you know, just enjoy the ride. I mean, there's so, and everything's a phase too. So yeah, totally thick of it, you know, and everybody goes through struggles too. And I think that that's something that I've really had to navigate recently because not that I've had an easy life, but I think that I always look on the bright side of things. So I have this optimistic point of view, even when things go wrong or we're in a time of hardship, I think that I, have this optimistic view on things that I don't really live in the pain or the hurt or the suffering because I don't want to believe that people have to suffer. Yeah. So I'm much like you. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I think it's almost to a fault. I had this conversation with my therapist. (laughs) I don't really sit in the pain and feel it all the way through Yes. because I almost move the healing process too quickly. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And, and look, I think that part of it is just being resilient. And I think she mentioned that I probably have a little bit more resiliency than a lot of people because I have this practice of um, being gra- grateful and really you know, having this positive outlook at all times, but I found that I've been really challenged lately. I mean, one of the things that I've been struggling with is we've been trying to add to our family and I thought that it would be easy and it just has proven itself very difficult. And so I think through, you know, suffering through loss and miscarriage and going through all of those emotions, I think has really set this new outlook on how to deal with the struggles and the pain as opposed to saying that, Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. You know, I've moved on. I can just go on to the next project. Basically. Um, I really have to sit with it. And there's so much that blossoms from that hurt and that feeling of loss. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sorry that you have been going through this. Um, and it's interesting because one of the reasons that I came out with a planner to begin with was this, that I, as a planner, was always planning like work. And eventually I started planning our food. And I realized that you also need to plan space, especially yeah. as a parent, right? Like you need, like if you're in, if I'm in Google calendars and I see like a blank space, I'll fill it with something. I'll say yes to a play date for my daughter, or I'll say yes to go on errands or, you know, I'll say yes to another project. And, but if I block that out for space, I don't always know what's going to happen in that space. It might be that, you know, I finally can feel something and cry. It might mean that I get to like go to yoga or get to go on a walk. Like, I just feel like we need to plan for space so that we can feel. And I feel like that's a lot. I feel like maybe that's the myth of planning is that it makes you busy and that actually it can it can help with the presence piece, which is so, so important right now in the current state of our world. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I could not agree more. And I think that allowing yourself to make space allows for the magic to really come in. Yeah. Because you can't force this whole creativity thing. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, I mean it's, it turns out you can't really force anything. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I am such it's a planner. Life. Yes. Yeah, and I think that I was 
wondering too, this idea of doing so many things, right? Because I am very accomplishment driven and very, I guess, success in my own mind driven. And I think we all are uh, in our own way, but we are human beings, not human doings. And that revelation just makes me want to just be. And I never had that ability before because when people talked about meditation and mindfulness, I think I'm very mindful, but I would never take the time to just sit for 10 minutes and really try to meditate because I can't stop my brain from thinking things. Right. Well, and, and I feel like crafting is, I mean, it must be very like meditative. I mean, like have my hands up in the air doing quotation marks, but it must be very meditative to to sit and, and make for oh, it hours. Is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's therapeutic and yeah. that's why pe- so many people enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. So this it. has been amazing. I'm hoping that we inspired people to go out and buy stickers and colored pens because that was kind of my, my hope. <laughs> um, they definitely make life fun and happy, especially at the time of year that this is coming out, which is um, around the holiday season, which is a fun time, I think, to get crafty. Or there's more excuses to get crafty if you're needing to blame it on something else. Um, and the best way to find you is your to get your book and read all about this, right? Yeah. I mean, and- you can get Craft a Life You Love. You can come see me on my blog. I am on Instagram quite a bit and YouTube under Amy Tangerine. And I just bought an amazing class on how to scrapbook. Is that what it was about? Yes. And I'm very excited. I I haven't totally dived into it yet, but I am. I'm dying to learn how to letter, how to do letters better. You know what? There's such magic in using your own handwriting and being proud of something that you wrote down. Mm. I think that if you, lettering is a great place to start because you can just use it to write a little note to your a child or to your partner and to your friend, you know, and a handwritten note could brighten somebody's day so much more than you would even know. Yes. I love that. Love that. All right. So I'm on it. So thank you so much for your time and yeah, have a, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure. All right, you guys, I hope that was super inspiring. At the end of every episode, we go over three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. I give you three, but I actually recommend that you tackle one at a time, either from this episode, another episode, or our doable change document, or anything that really comes to mind. But this notion that we pick one thing, one thing that we want to change or a habit we want to create, and we really go all in. We draw a line in the sand, say we're going to commit to it. We schedule things that will help us do it into our calendar. We have fun with it. And what you will find is eventually you will have something that you can really call your own. And if you do this once a week over the course of a year, you have 52 new habits or things that you do, whatever, they they can fall into different categories. And that is why I love this concept of a doable change. So from this episode, we have created three. The first one is make 10 minutes for creativity. Amy says that everyone can find 10 minutes a day to be creative. Can you make 10 minutes before your kids get up or during lunch or after your kids are in bed? I know that you can. And know what you would like to do with that time. Do you want to doodle? Do you want to journal? Do you want a scrapbook? Whatever it takes to get those 10 minutes every day. So interesting. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to do more, but just those 10 minutes make a big impact. Number two, give permissions. I love this strategy from Amy. So in her book, Amy has a permission slip for creativity because you need to nourish your soul first. We talk about that a lot here. So give yourself the permission. This is what it looks like. The most important part of my day is the part where I take care of myself and feed my soul. 
I cannot be the best partner, the best employee, the best boss, the best parent, or the best friend if I'm not at my own best. Therefore, I have permission each and every day to pursue my craft in order to take love and care of myself and be my best self for the most important people in my life. Sign it and then live it. And you guys, I did this practice for a while. Actually, at the beginning of the flow planner, there is a contract to yourself that you will commit to these 90 days that you craft yourself. But I have gone through phases when this is new or feeling hard where I literally sign this permission slip myself every day. And that's okay. But just give yourself the permission you need because as you take care, better care of yourself, you will take better care of those around you. And if creativity is one of those things that isn't being nurtured, oh my gosh, that can creep up on us. So number three, write a handwritten note. It is such a good time of year to hear this. A handwritten note can brighten somebody's day more than we can even imagine. What would happen if you got a card in the mail today or tomorrow? So take a few minutes to write a note to your child, your partner, or a friend. And write one to a client or somebody who's mentored you, a coach or an old teacher. Don't worry about being perfect. Just write from the heart and do it by hand. You don't have to type it. We forget like this creative motion. And I have to say, you guys, I wrote a thank you note to Amy after this episode and I was trying to be so perfect. I was so nerve wracking sending a letter to someone who makes such beautiful work, but I did it. It was fine. I hope she loved it. And so it just takes writing the letter. All right. I will see you guys on the next episode. I hope that you have a creative day. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.